Your interrogator leans a little in his chair, arms folded. The look on his face might actually be interest, professional respect. The look quickly fades. Cold, unemotional eyes return. Silence. The interrogation room feels colder now. There's no clock, no window, no change in the lights. Only the changes in the central air system seem to mark the passage of time. It's shut down now. Certainly after 5 p.m. If only you knew what time the interview began. He decides to speak up. You describe this as a blue fly team, a term that the deep government extraterrestrial study group known as Majestic used to label their cleanup squads. You tell me that your small team of agents dispatched them? Six professional shooters and two handlers. Oh, and then some frogmen as well? Yes. Not without paying a painful price, but we pulled it off. Before they could recover the sample from the waters of the pit, you took them out, destroyed the sample, and then got the surviving members to let you get away with it? And stole one of their vans. So, you got what you came for. You found and destroyed the source, and you dealt with the people who were responsible for it. No. No, that was one of the samples, but it wasn't the source. It was important enough to send the Blue Fly team to collect it, sure, but Benthic was the one responsible. Our job wasn't done yet. Who isn't to blame, Agent Rowan? How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Who gave that sample to Benthic? Who ordered it to be studied? Who recovered it and turned it over in the first place? How many different levels and layers of government are complicit in this scheme? God, I'd love to know that. I've spent literal months trying to figure that out. I'm sure your goon squad saw my red string board. I don't have answers for those questions, but I'd dearly love to get them if you'd be so kind as to tell me. Why don't you tell me what the next stop was for you and your little band of rogue agents? Well, since you're asking so politely, I suppose I'll tell you the rest. Yes, that would be helpful. That's exactly what I'm being. I'm being so damned helpful over here. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. We're on Thursday, the 8th of October. It's going to be right around 6 o'clock in the evening. We're going to cut back to the motel room. We're in Rowan's room right now, uh, where the uh, hasty but effective floor surgery on some towels laid out on the carpet of that room. Uh, Rory has finished up cleaning the wound of Rowan, picking up fragments of bullets, patching up torn arteries, intestines, muscle wall and such as best he can given the, the tools he has, the situation he has. But this is not, this is something he's experienced in. It's something he's obviously done before. It's been stitched up. It's been patched up. It's been bandaged up. Uh, he's given you whatever painkillers he believes are enough to keep you effective and keep you in the field. And at some point as Rowan is recovering, both Rooster and River return from their shopping adventures. Uh, so I'm going to allow Rooster to keep track of the inventory. We discussed that mostly off camera as far as what you guys have purchased. It's a long laundry list of things. There's plenty of room in the van. You've got plenty of space to keep all these items. <laughs> Several boxes and things you picked up as well to move this stuff. So you've got your gear. You've returned to the motel. Uh, the sun is just about down. So we've got an orange and red sky in the distance to the west. Uh, lights are starting to turn on around town. And everyone can return to Agent Rowan's room where she's recovering. So Rowan, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question. As well as one can be expected to be after having surgery done on a motel floor. Still in quite a bit of pain, but I got Rory to wrap me up pretty tightly or as tightly as I could get him to do so that I can at least move around and be marginally effective. I've changed shirts, so I'm in a new not bloody shirt. Uh, and I'm finishing buttoning that up as, as the guys are arriving. And just as a quick note, of course, River also was shot, but not as seriously River, you still have the use of your arm, but your right shoulder hurts if you make any quick motions. But you've been patched up and also probably given some painkillers as well. Just ibuprofen. I wouldn't have a way to get you guys uh, anything much else until we get back to the hospital where I have prescribing privileges. 
Well, and and to be perfectly frank, even if we were at that hospital, Rowan needs a clear head, so she wouldn't have taken anything opioid related. So she would have been like, nope, ibuprofen, handful, let's do this. If, if you want to, Rooster, you can let them know what you and River picked up from uh, the store. And you guys, of course, have the floor to figure out what you want to do with your evening. Uh, by my notes, we left the pit right around 1 o'clock. That's what my notes were, unless you guys have something else. Yeah, so I'm going to make 1 o'clock the start of the clock. And if we were doing uh, a television show, the little countdown, of course, is in the corner. So we're, at, we're five hours past then, and thus at 43 hours remaining. First off, Rooster walks in, and he's wearing a cowboy hat. And he goes, hey, I told all you I wanted one of these. And Rowan will look at him and, like, visibly struggle not to laugh. She's like, laughing is going to hurt. Please don't do that. Okay, fine. First thing he goes through, pulls out a bottle, tosses uh, a, um industrial-sized bottle of ibuprofen at her. Extra strength. Thank you. You said mm. vitamin I, you said? Ha. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yep. Yeah, that's what we used to call it. All right. Here's what I got. I've got night vision binoculars which is super easy to come by at Walmart. It's surprising, to be honest. Apparently, hunters use night vision. It sucks compared to the stuff we had, but better than what we have now. Bunch of chemical lights. Three of those are from our friend the cop's trunk that I took. Those are the orange ones. First aid kit. I know you've got a better one, Rory, but hopefully this will help replace stuff. Toss it to him. That'll work. I got stormproof matches, barbecue lighters, there's a tank of gasoline in the, what's our vehicle now? You guys are the driving van. a van. It's a black, unmarked van. That's right. That's right. I can't keep track of them. We go through them so quickly. I got, these are some headsets that go with, can hook them up to either the phone or these fun little old school walkie-talkies I picked up so we can actually talk without leaving a phone on in our pocket. Couple of machetes, camouflage tarp. Uh, this stylish new hunting camouflage jacket doesn't have the fun fleece underneath, but better for setting up shop. Police scanners still in the van. Couple, few rolls of duct tape. Zip ties, so in case Rowan wants to stop me from shooting somebody again, and that way they can't get to the gun. Got some more rope. And this! I took the liberty of taking all the Purell and sticking it in a squirt bottle. Why? Because it's 90% alcohol, and it sticks to things. This is legal napalm. Huh. Oh, you've never played with this stuff? You draw pictures on the asphalt at night, and then you light one corner and you watch it go, and because it's alcohol, the alcohol burns off first, not what is burning on top of. So you make a big pool of it, and then you step in it with your boot, and you run, and you leave flaming footprints. It's awesome. My brother and I got into a lot of trouble when we were kids, but we never thought of that one. This is all in Rooster's voice. This is all Ben's experience. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Wonderful. I would never do it anymore because the climate of California has changed way too much. Fair. Yeah. Oh, also, never put one of these in a uh, water balloon slingshot. Milk cartons filled with Purell with a long string lit on fire. Don't do that. You'll leave napalm all over the neighbor's tree. (laughs) Good safety tip. Unless that's what you want to do. That last one was not Ben's experience. We did that with paint in a milk carton. What I'm hearing is we need a milk carton and a long string for whatever we're going to be dealing with in Benthic. And a slingshot, probably. Well, we're inside. I figure that's what the squirt bottle's for. If we're outside, I've got this and kind of... Oh, yeah, this too. And he takes the hunting rifle off his shoulder. He goes, telescopic sights. I got it for both hunting rifles, and they let me use the shooting range at Walmart to calibrate it. They have a shooting range at Walmart? (laughs) No, no, sorry, not at Walmart, next door. (laughs) Next door actually makes sense. There's going to be a couple in town. So for a nominal fee of one hour's worth of use, you're able to sight that bad boy up on both rifles. So now I've got the M4 has the laser sight. Both hunting rifles have the telescopic sight, which mechanically lets you get double the range if you take the aim action. Well, hopefully we won't need that much range, but it's good to have it if we need it. Well, our supply back at the green box was woefully low on this anyway, so I figure this will help. Which green box? Ours, back in Clovis. I figure when we get back, we can add it. We don't have to return this to the FBI who's paying for all of it, do we? You took the cash, didn't you? 
I did. I thought we were expensing it all since we're legit. These are things I don't want to have to explain to the FBI when I turn in my receipts. I can just about get away with the industrial bottle of ibuprofen in this list. Huh. How about the squirt bottle and the Purell? Because I bought those as separate items. Oh, goodness. We'll sit down and figure out the receipts later. Maybe at some point after I've had some decent sleep and good drugs. Hey, Captain, you any good at accounting? I can check my skill list. Probably not. (laughs) Nope. Okay, good. Neither am I. We're fucked. Let's go kill something. Yes, we should probably talk about what we're ah, doing tonight. The way I see it, we're already a step behind. Several steps behind. Because Gaunt knows about us. I mean... She talked to two of you, and it will not be difficult to figure out who the other members of your team are, so I would bet good money that someone's watching us at this point. She may think that Hayes is still in Benthic's pocket, since the sheriff's department seems to be. Hard to say. I'm not going to count on that. How certain are we of him being on our side? He's not on our side, but I think our interests coincide for now. I think he's on the side of his town. And that's most important to him. And right now, what they're doing with Ben Thick and Breckenridge is harming his town and his people. So, that all being the case, I think we need to move on Gaunt and Ben Thick as quickly as we can. I don't think we can let this go until the morning, even. Ideally, we would be able to find her at her home, where there's not Breckenridge employees on guard. But if not, we may have to go into Ben Thick itself tonight. Can you, uh, any of you use the fancy cell phone tracking, hacking stuff to figure out where she is? Do you have her cell phone number? I don't know, didn't you get it? You you told me she was flirting with you, River. You told me she was flirting and getting you guys drinks. That wasn't exactly flirting. I did do a deep dive on her, so, so I might have found her cell phone number. We didn't get it from her at her house, but... In your deep dive, you did find a number for her, which is a work number. But he didn't find a personal number. I may be able to dig into some of the databases that I have access to, but that'll take time. Is it going to be longer than it would be just to go there? Yes. Well, we can go there, but she's just going to stonewall us like she did before. Then we shoot her in the foot and don't let her. I honestly don't think there's that much at her house besides her. If we can get to Benthic, I think then we can maybe have one of us talk to her, get some of while the rest of us are looking at other stuff. I don't think, besides Scott herself, I don't think we're going to find much at her residence. But she's the one with the answers to what all is going on. She was the one who was working at Majestic in that task force, or her project group. So she's, she's the one with the knowledge and the information, and if we want to start tracking some of this stuff, we may need to do that. I would bet very good money that McCaslin is locked up in a basement down in there somewhere away from the majority of what they do which we need to find because i think he's our last loose end i hope so that brings up the question what exactly is our goal here our goal is to contain the unnatural and that is the stuff that we burned at the pit and that is what has infected mccaslin and i would imagine turned him into something so why do we need gone because she's the one with with answers. Well, but that's my point. If our job is to contain this, we kill her, we get rid of whatever McCaslin is and whatever infected him. We don't need the answers. We take it out. It's contained. What if it's not just her? What if people that she worked with at Majestic have other things and we're able to pin that down? As far as Acel knows, this is the only corner that she at least is attached to, but what if there's more? We won't be dealing with it directly, I hope, but having a cell know that there may be, say for example, more pieces of whatever this stuff is in someone else's possession, that might be really good for them to know. That would be why I'm the shooter and not the lieutenant. Never mind that we can't just go with killing people in cold blood. I can. I mean, I don't know if you can, but I could. I've got the skills. I don't think it was a question of skills. Oh, well, I don't know if you can, but I can. And there it is. I think we avoid killing if we can. Having fewer bodies to explain away is much more useful. However, if it comes down to it, and if it's a choice between us and her, that's not a choice. Just do what's necessary. You make the call, I'll be locked and loaded. So here's a question. If we do want to talk to Gaunt tonight at her house, I think that's fine, but I don't think that should be our only route. I think we should also, I'm sure there's something at Benthic 
I think if we, there is something there, I think we need to find out what it is. If we're going to go tonight, we could certainly do both of those tonight. But if we do talk to God tonight, they're going to know we're still interested. It's going to be harder to get anything done tomorrow. That's true. So what's it look like out there? Do we know? Are we talking underground bunker? Are we talking office complex? I don't know. We could probably Google what the compound looks like. but We can Google what the compound looks like, at least on the outside. But if they built anything, there's permits. And we have at least someone with mutual interest in the sheriff's department, the sheriff of Lewis and Clark County. Oh, deputy asshole. Detective asshole. Give him his right title. Right. Detective. Okay. Isn't he a friendly at this point, though? Come on. Rowan considers him at least a tentative friendly and has marked him in her report as someone who might get recruited at some point. But she's also waiting to see what happens. Asshole doesn't mean unfriendly. Just means he's an asshole. True. Rooster's an asshole and we like him. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. The liking part, part, not the asshole. No, no, no. The <laughs> asshole part, totally. But he's an equal opportunity asshole. He's an asshole to everybody. That's fair. All right. I think that if we are going out to Breckenridge tonight, and I think we should, I agree. I think that we need to get a hold of Hayes and see if he can get us any permits that Benthic would have gotten for anything above or below ground. Because I am convinced that whatever McCaslin has turned into... It's being held underground. I was going to say I could uh, scout it and figure out what we've got out there, but if you think it's under, I'm not going to be able to get in and out. Exactly. So Now, technically I am Breckenridge now. Yes, but you are also Breckenridge attached to an FBI task force. My FBI task force. I think that's going to have gotten you flagged in someone's system. So the plan is to go to Gaunt, ask Hayes to look up what we're dealing with at Benthic first while we go to Gaunt? No, I think that, that Rory's right, and I think that we leave Gaunt for last. We don't tip our hand until we've gotten rid of whatever she's doing in there. We already are starting behind because she got tipped off about what we know about the pit. So that being the case, let's try not tipping her off any further. She's got to know we killed a bunch of dudes down there, too. Probably. And leaving it for much longer is going to get uh, things arrowed down on us. Not least the fact that, oh, I don't know, the sheriff's department seems to be working with Benthic. That's fun. All right. I think our first step is going to be getting a hold of Hayes and seeing if he has access to any of the, the records, the archives, the plans and permits for whatever Benthic built out there, however long ago it was. If there's been permitting for anything new built since Gaunt has been there, we know she's been there, what, about three years? Three to five years? Yes, right. All right. So we'll get, that's the information that we are aiming to get from him. You've got his number. Who wants to make the call? Not it. <sighs> All right. I, I mean, I could, but I don't think he likes me. I don't know why. I don't think he does. I don't need you two swearing at each other. He barely likes me. I think he just puts up with me. The phone rings just a couple times. Maybe after yeah, the second ring, he picks up. He's Detective Hayes here. Hello, Hayes. This is Special Agent Redacted. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, what do you want? Got a moment? I'm a little busy right now. Is it busy with something that I need to know about? I, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. It probably, I thought maybe it was something to do with you guys anyway. So I'm a little surprised you're calling me. Ah, uh, yes, probably. You remember what we talked about earlier today? We talked about a lot today. of stuff. Yes, it was today. Yeah, that was this morning. Yes, we did. Yeah, it seems like it seems like an age ago. I need some. I need some information on Benthic. If you have access to it, I don't really have any access on Benthic. What is it you want? Building permits. Oh. Building permits, blueprints, anything that would tell me what exactly the layout of Benthic is. At County, they've got to have some records like that, I'm sure. It's a little after hours. We, I mean, the records office is closed right now. I don't have anything, any access by my computer. I mean, usually we just walk down there and get those records if we needed them. Don't suppose you know anyone who'd be willing to come in a little after hours and have a look at that? Uh, maybe, but um, what are you looking for? What's going on here? We are looking for McCaslin. Oh, yeah. Listen, as far as I know, he, he's at their facility. That's all I know. We're pretty sure of that, too, and we want to get an idea of where he may be, because with everything that's been going on, we're pretty sure that uh, he won't be in any of the normal office areas. Got it. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've never been inside there, and I don't know anybody 
who has, uh, just to be frank with you. But um, you might want to call your friends at Breckenridge about this situation. They're the ones that's kind of a step removed, and they're pretty uh, amped up right now for something. I wonder. I'm not sure that, that I'm going to be able to call Breckenridge right now. I am more interested in the blueprints and the layouts, and that's more county department than Breckenridge, unless Breckenridge owns the county now. Yeah, they, they kind of do. But um, listen, here's the thing. We've been told to stay clear of a certain area of the county, just between us, just to let you know. Something's happening out there. We're, we're not sitting in patrols out there. Where? Because northeast, well, near where their lab is. It's near, it's where that area. It's near their lab. They're, they're, something's going on. Got it. All right. I'm supposed to stay clear. I don't know what else I can tell you. I don't know what else I could, could do for you right now. I think right now, probably the smartest thing is for you to stay clear. Stay as uninvolved as you can. Yeah, that's, I'm good at that. I'll just keep doing my job. All right. If you happen to come across any plans like that, you have my number now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll save this or I'll, I'll put a, I don't know, an R on it or something. Yeah, that should work. Good, good luck. Uh, if you guys are going out there, just be careful. We will. Thank you. All right. He hangs up. Wait, you gave your number to, to Detective Asshole? I need to be able to contact Detective Asshole, and he gave me his. It seemed only fair. And I still don't have time to go see Sarah. All right, fine. <laughs> This is a work relationship, Rooster. I have no interest in him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. All right. Dexterity check to catch the ibuprofen bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she throws it first. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to ready my dodge, my catch action. <laughs> I'm not throwing the blissful, wonderful pain relief at you. I'll throw something else like a fucking pillow or something. Dexterity check to catch the pillow. That's going to be an easy one. Yeah, she's going to swat it out of the sky. And she's going to regret throwing it, too. Yeah. Karate chop check to the pillow. Uh, as soon as it's out of my hand, the hand goes immediately to my side. I was like, oh, that was a mistake. Okay. So did you have that conversation on speaker? It's up to you. I'm going to say no, only because I know that Rooster would not be able to restrain himself from making smart-ass comments. <laughs> That is true. I was only holding my my tongue because I knew I wasn't on the call. Excellent. Exactly. That is totally true. When I need to do diplomacy, I do it on a closed line if Rooster's around. Okay, let's be honest. Was that because Rooster couldn't hold his tongue or Ben couldn't hold his tongue? Flip a coin, take a pick. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Thirteen. Yes. Yes, is the answer. What's What's the next step? You guys have finished that phone call? What do you want to do? And I will pass along to them that Breckenridge has acting like a kicked hornet's nest. Uh, Hayes sounded very upset and focused on something, probably everything that's been going on at the pit, and that they have been told to stay away from the vicinity of the lab, that there's something going on out there. So I'll pass all of that along to them. We don't have time. We don't have time to get the blueprints and the plans. We need to move. Because whatever they're doing, they're doing now. Yeah, I agree. They're probably moving McCaslin and whatever else they have to their undisclosed location. It's just as a quick note, if you guys wanted to, the, we have wonderful computer technology by the makers of people like Google that do uh, satellite maps. That's a good point. If someone wants to have been looking at the satellite map for where that area is while I was making the call, I imagine we can retcon that. Rooster would not have thought of that. Yeah. I mean, what, I imagine maybe it's a, that's a river or a Rory project, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Or... I was going to say, that sounds most like a river. That's a river project, I think. So, I mean, River, it's pretty simple. A teenager could figure this out. Address, Google Maps, what are you zoom in. About Rooster? <laughs> what, what you observe, of course, is there's a road leaning in there. It's, it's a two-lane road. It's a lightly forested area. There's a hillside where the property is. It's got walls around it. But the, here's the problem. As you zoom in on your Google, the, at the middle of this area, there's a wall, there's a security gate, there's a road, there's trees, and there's a black spot. There's square-shaped black spots in the midst of this compound that looks like someone has digitally taken square pixels and pulled them all out in the vicinity of where these structures would be. They've got somebody uh, with connections in Google. Breckenridge is a, is a national company. I imagine they pulled some strings, and Benthic is no slouch. I can get in there and figure out what's in there. Yeah. So at least from your Google map, you guys have an idea of the perimeter, the access road, 
Uh, there seems to be one entrance and exit, a gated access and an entrance. Uh, there are some trees around the facility. Uh, there's a wall. Can't tell how tall it is from a satellite map shot, obviously. It covers maybe about 15, 20 acres worth of land, the middle of which has been deleted from the Google uh, Maps satellite photos. Does it look like there's any place nearby where you could get a good view of it? You said it's on a hillside. The facility is on a hillside above the road, so it kind of rises gently away from the road as you go towards the facility. They built a fortress. That was smart. I mean, I could get eyes on it, but it's going to take time for me to get in and out unnoticed. We've also got a rocket. We have one. And that is the issue, I think. I think that if they are moving things to an undisclosed location, well, that takes vehicles. Well, what kind of vehicles? Whatever they have. I think we have to get out there and see what's happening. And maybe unmarked black vans would be an option for these things. Or black helicopters. Oh, what I wouldn't give for some caltrops right now. Box of nails to the shopping list. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure Hayes has access to spike strips. Was there anything interesting in the van itself, since it was a carrier for the people down there at the pit? Nothing interesting. There'll be just general automotive supplies. There'll be a first aid kit in there as well, an extra one. Spare gas container. You got your spare tire. You got your general tools you'd use for car maintenance if it broke down. And probably a box for uh, chains if they needed those later in the wintertime. But really, it's, it's not much in the back of that van. The van's got benches on either side. It's got two seats in the front and then benches on both sides of the back of the van. It can carry a lot more than the four of you. Probably carry about maybe six six on the benches, so 12 in the back, plus two in the front for 14. If there's only one road, we could block the road. Suggestions? Drop a tree. Do we have any cutting implements for something like that? You do have one really nasty construction saw. Yeah, that's also loud. And noticeable that it's cut instead of uh, fall. Well, sure, but the whole point is not necessarily stealth at that point. It's just stopping them. Fair. Stopping them long enough to possibly launch a rocket into the middle of it. Hmm. Just a thought. I mean, to stop a van, the tree doesn't have to be big. It's not like we're dealing with Humvee to go. It's true. But whatever we're doing, we need to figure it out quickly and get a move on. Should we head that direction and figure it out as we go? I think so. So are we going to Benthic or are we going to Gaunt's? Benthic. Probably Benthic. I think Benthic. All right. You guys are just going to just do it live. I think it is very probable that, that Gaunt is out there and overseeing all of this. Yeah, that's a good point. You good to move? Gonna have to be. I mean, your insides were your outsides five minutes ago. It was five hours ago, not five minutes ago. And I have a very capable surgeon. And I'm not going to exert myself more than I absolutely have to. I'm going to let you guys do that. Yeah, probably I wouldn't recommend any running or pretty much anything, except for maybe talking. <laughs> so this is going to end diplomatically. Right. Well, talking is what I'm supposed to be good at, so we'll see how that goes. And if I need to run, then I will run. I imagine that having a bit of a bleed will not be as bad as getting shot again multiple times. Rooster kind of gives her an interesting, like, kind of once-over, up-and-down look. How big is Rowan? She is five foot eight, but, you know, built kind of whip thin, more like a martial artist than anything else. He uh, kind of looks at you, gives you a once up and down, kind of goes, hmm. Looks back at him, tilts her head. What was that about? I can get you over his shoulder. Let's go. I can get you over his shoulder if I have to. That didn't require that up and down look. No, the look was for fun. Let's go. Jerk. Who's driving? And what are you taking with you? Everything I just bought, the guns, and the rocket. Rooster, let me drive. Kind of headcock. All right. Toss him the keys. River's got the control of the van. Who's shot? A shotgun is Rowan. Rowan is not sitting on one of those benches when she has to hold herself up. (laughs) Our military boys will be in the back with all the gear. And we go. And I do want to say that I had made sure when we flew here that I'd grab my car gear. So I have my tactical body armor and, and helmet. I think you were wearing that earlier today, right? It's not the helmet part. I was wearing my Kevlar vest, ah. which I can wear under my clothing, but this is the actual like SWAT team mm. tack armor that goes over everything and right. can't be concealed. That's a good call. I'm going to wear the big one that I got in the green box, not the concealable one. Is there enough of that for yeah. everyone? Or There was only one down there, I think. I thought we had two. We had two of that, two? that British Army... Advanced battle armor, essentially, is what it was. Yeah, and I've I've got a set too. 
What rating is yours, River? It says tactical body armor, Kevlar helmet. If you had to quantify it, what would the armor rating be? Yeah, what does it say on the character sheet? I didn't write it down because I wasn't given numbers for it. I think it's three, but uh, take a look and see what's on your sheet. Well, no, my Kevlar vest is is a, is a three. So I would imagine that the body armor oh, would be more yeah, like Yeah, it's like four or five plus, plus the helmet. Okay, yeah, the upgraded one is five that I've got. Yeah, five is what we're doing for the the full full combat suit. It'll be five. I can find it eventually. All right, so we're all in five plus the people who have helmets. Were there helmets in the green box? There were not helmets, unfortunately. That's eh, okay. Rooster doesn't need his head. So I'm assuming Rory's wearing one of those because he doesn't have access to his military grade. Good. Stuff. Yeah, so we've given Rory one of the two you found in the green box. Rooster, I believe, has the other. Mm-hmm. And then River and Rowan have brought their own for these kind of SWAT tactical circumstances that they carry from time to time. Everyone will have essentially the benefit of body armor at level five if you get shot. So let's hope you don't get shot, but keep you alive a little longer. It's difficult to drive with this on, though. This is kind of restricting, and it's not great to sit in this. But, I mean, of course, if you were in a Humvee or in the field, it wouldn't matter. Uh, it's up to you. It's going to be about a half-hour drive, unless you want it to go real fast. I'm going to basically, like, recline the seat back as far as I can, so I'm, like, half-laying in the passenger seat. It's five plus one for the helmet. Neat. So there we go. You guys will leave at 6.30. The sun has just finished setting. It's an orange-red-violet sky behind you. As you're heading east out of Helena, Montana, basically into the hills and the mountains off to the left of you. It's got sloping hills to the right. It's the same thing we've seen before as we've driven through these countrysides. It's open spaces, small copses of trees, a lot of green land, wide open territory, houses spaced distantly, not a lot of traffic. You can pass cars occasionally as you're heading along the road, changing roads at some point to head kind of in a northeastern direction in the direction of where you know the Benthic facility to be. It's 7.30, at 7 o'clock our time. You're just about to approach the facility. Do you want to stop somewhere? Do you want to drive up to it? What's the plan? I don't think we drive up to it. I think our pl- Well, how, how does the facility look as we are approaching? Does it look like any activity is happening outside of the gate itself? Give me your um, alertness roll. Um, those of you at the front. So that'll be River and Rowan. 22. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, 37, that should be a success. Yeah, it is, but River's driving. River, you'll see a bit of this, but Rowan's got a sharp eye with a a critical success, essentially, on her alertness roll. In the distance, there's a plume of smoke in the direction of where you believe the facility to be, rising over it somewhere. You can't tell exactly the origin, but there is something is burning. You also notice off in the distance, somewhere near the smoke, uh, the strobe lights of a helicopter. And then as you look at the facility, um, from a distance, you see the gate box area is open. There's no gate there. Uh, but it's hard to see from this angle what's going on. Earlier, it was gated. The gate is open. Okay. I will pass that along to the others. Whatever's going on, it started. So we going in, or are we stopping them from getting out? The gate is open, it looks like? Yes. Let's go park in the gate. Make it a little harder for them to get out. So River drives. You slow it down as you approach the entrance. It's a turn to your left. There was a, like, metal security gate, which is wide open. And as you turn and peer, um, kind of place the van at the driveway right where the gate is, up ahead you see a guard booth. Uh, maybe it's about 50 yards ahead of you. And then along either side of this road, there's actually um, kind of little concrete dividers keeping vehicles on the road. So they couldn't leave the area, leading all the way up to the guard booth. At the guard booth, what you see, River, normally there's one of those little access gates that drop and, and rise on either side of the guard booth. On the left side, that gate has been smashed. The little access bar, the wooden bar, is broken. And there's something in the road next to the guard booth. Something pushed across the road. It looks like human-shaped. Okay, I'm going to pull up short of that body or whatever and kind of skew the van so it's blocking as much of the road as possible. So you're driving in, you're entering the facility, you pass the walls, and the other side of you, there's concrete dividers keeping you in this two-lane road that leads straight up to the guard booth. On either side of you, you see there's the grounds of Benthic. It's mostly wide open, grassy spaces with a couple of trees, but very spaced out. Uh, not a lot of areas things to hide. It's dark. Uh, you can make out from what you can see from the lights of your vehicle. The guard booth itself has lights on it as well, illuminating the area around you. No people, no vehicles. Um, your headlights pick up, there's a body in the road. And you pull up slowly and stop in front of it. It looks like a guard's body that's been run over and pushed through the gate on the way out. So, like, the guard was trying to stop someone from leaving, and then it got hit and thrown 
through the gate kind of It thing. looks like it got hit and run over and dragged for maybe 30, 40 yards, and then at some point expelled out the back of a vehicle. By someone going in or going out? From leaving the facility in the direction away from the facility. Right. Also, River, you see at the guard booth, someone is standing inside the guard booth. You see a figure of a guard. Okay, I'm going to open the door of the van and yell at the figure, Federal Agent, come out with your hands visible. We'll say you're about 30 yards from the guard booth at this point, so that's the distance here. Um, you make that request. You can see through the window there's a man, looks like one man, standing there and a silhouetted. You can see this fellow. He's not moving. He's, he has to be standing in the window inside the guard booth. He doesn't respond to your request. And he's not reacting to the headlight shining on him? He's not moving. And the, the body is, like, in front of the van? It's in front of your van, yeah. Maybe eight to ten feet away from you at this point. But we can't see it in the back. Uh, if you guys, yeah, you guys in the back can't really see it, no. But I'll tell you guys that it's there, because I would see it. You want us in or out? Rooster, I think you're up. All right. M4 out. Door opens. I'm going to exit behind the vehicle doing the crouch walk thing with ready gun. I'll follow you out with a gun ready. Do you guys go opposite sides of the vehicle or follow each other? Because the vehicle is turned to block the road. Right. I go behind the vehicle. I'm going to kind of point at him, point at the body, and then kind of gesture to go. I'll follow him, and as he goes towards the body, I'm going to split towards the okay. guard booth. Rory, you're first. Okay, I'll go towards the body. Can I tell if it's alive or not? Give me your alertness roll. Okay. Yeah. Use my new dice. 52, which I think is a fail. He doesn't appear to be alive. The role doesn't really apply to that. He's been pretty mangled. It looks like a crushing and dragging injury. He's wearing a security outfit, but he's not armored. He's not wearing body armor. His his head is a mess. He can't make his face out. I won't make you roll for Sandy. This is something you're familiar with, obviously, for your profession. So he's dead, and it looks like he's an employee for Benthic? Like a, one of, maybe a guard or something? He's wearing a security guard uniform, as okay. best you can tell, given the, the state of the body. Okay. Once I know that, that he's for sure dead, I'll look up and cover Rooster a little bit. Rooster, you move straight on the booth or you take an angle? I mean, I'm taking an angle. I, I'm not trying to go right at the window, but I do want to see, is the figure inside moving or reacting at all? Okay, good. As, as you move in, you're on him. Your eyes are on him the whole time. Uh, training your weapon on him as you move sort of some of the angle. You round around to the side. The guard booth has an opening on both sides for dressing vehicles. Does your gun have the, a light on it? What, is, what kind of gun are you using? I'm using the M4, so yeah, it's, it's got a light. I'll go ahead and, before I switch it on, from outside, where I'm kind of like with the wall between us, I'm going to yell, Federal agents! Come out with your hands up! I'll bet he actually does that little giggle, too. I love it. You bark the command, there's no response from inside the booth. There's no movement from inside the booth. Did I notice lights on inside the booth earlier? Right now, the lights are on the exterior. Uh, there's kind of lights attached to the top corners of the security booth to shine on the vehicles and the areas around it. The interior of the booth is, is not illuminated. Okay, then with the light on, I'm going to turn gun up. You click on the basically the light, which is looking underneath your barrel, spotlighting the individual inside. Uh, you see the uniform. It's the black security uniform uh, with a little Breckenridge badge, identifying him as a Breckenridge security officer. He's got, you know, he's got a gun on his side. He's got a light and the whole bit. It doesn't take much. I won't make you roll for this. He it looks like he's sick. He's got a mess all over his chest and part of the side of his face. And he's standing there. He's staring. His eyes are open. His mouth quivers slightly like he's in some sort of a trance. He's not moving. Immediately back the fuck up. Right, you back away, of course. A few steps back to the wall. Yeah. Shoot. Can we retcon a little? Because Rooster would have had us all on the headsets at this point. That's fine. You'd obviously have the headset, at least at least with uh, Rory. But I offer back to command. You got it. Guy's sick. Puked already. Did he puke or did someone puke on him? Could I tell? Hard to tell from this distance. There's puke in the booth. Puke in the booth. Uh, either he puked on himself or someone puked on him. From the video and our experience, this, this vomit is very projectile. Can you get closer to get a look at it carefully? All right. So I'm going to back up like, away from the booth, out of projectile vomit range, and then shine the light in to see if I can tell. You move in, light shining on him. You kind of move sideways a bit to get a better angle. The light underneath your barrel of your gun, shining forward into the booth. Uh, You can see, of course, that there is vomit on his, basically his collar, the side of his face, the front of his uniform, 
and a little bit down to about the belt level. It's, it reflects the light as you shine it on him. Look at his face. He's, his eyes are open. He's got a blank expression and his mouth quivers slightly. As he stands there in the booth, he seems to be unaware of you. Rory would have gone, at this point, once he heard there was vomit, he would have gone back to the van, gotten masks, told Rowan Rivera to put one on if they go outside, put one on himself, gone back towards Rooster to give him one. Yeah, I'll just automatically put it on so I don't have to worry about it later. All right, so at this point, Rory has given Rooster a mask. Rooster's watching it. You've got your gun trained. Your light is on this fellow. And over the radio, I say, metallic reflective vomit, side of face. He got hit. He's stunned, unaware. So there may still be time for him. This is fairly recent then if it's held about the same amount of time that jacob was held this would have been pretty recent actually did we see any other vehicles coming out from here he did not i want to bet it's the one that rushed out of here in a hurry entirely probable but that means it wasn't as recent as i thought it was what do i do with him well we know if we if we can just knock him out if we can eventually get into the hospital i think after the mortician i think they should be able to fix him damn it I wanted tasers. This was very recent. There may still be a chance to save him, and I would prefer to do that. Is he eating his bullets? Not yet. <laughs> How about we remove those from him so he doesn't? Rory, back me up. All right. I am going to Put very... on gloves. Yeah, he would have brought gloves too. Okay. I'll get the gloves on while Rory's keeping the gun trained, and then at this point, going to sling the rifle down, pull out the sidearm in one hand. And I'm going to very carefully approach the guy kind of oblique from behind with the gun up and ready and try to remove his gun. So you'll go around the other side of the security box. There's two doors. Is he facing a door? Or is yeah, he's facing your direction at the moment. But you can go to the other side and come up behind if you want. Yeah, that's what I want to do. So you come behind him. But at an oblique, so I'm not in firing range of Rory. As you move in closer to him, you hear him take a deep breath, and his chest rises up slightly, and he start, it starts coughing and coughing. Rory, back up. Yeah. All right, so, Rory, you're, you're at a good distance. So, say you're about 15 feet away from the fellow, near where the, the, the uh, cement wall is, separating the road from the, the yard. You're still watching him. Uh, Rory, you can see his eyes open wider. He coughs and coughs and coughs and sputters, closes his eyes a little bit. He seems to be starting to respond or something. Uh, at least he's actually moving now. He's rooster. He's maybe about three feet away from you. His back is to you. Do I see him moving and coughing now? Yeah, he's coughing. He hasn't moved his arms yet, or even moved his body at all. Then just he seems to be coughing, obviously making some motions, maybe coming out of this. Pistol whip. Got it. Give me your roll for unarmed combat. I'm going to give you an advantage on this. He has no idea you're coming. Add 20% to that. Is this unarmed or melee weapon? Melee, if you've got that, use that instead. Well, my unarmed's better, so. Yeah, your, your call. Unarmed, though. Oh, yeah. That's a success. That's 49 out of 80. All right, so regular success. All right. With the bonus. I'm going to roll his constitution and see. Okay, um, he winces in pain and raises one arm up to the to his head after where you hit him and starts to turn to see who the hell hit him in the back of the head. Hit him again before he can make it out. All right, all what is turn. your... Your dex is uh, 60, right? Yes. Okay. Let me see. All right, yeah, you, you go before him, so give me one more roll. Uh, 55. Uh, 55 is going to be a critical success. Oh, on that. cool. So um, just as he turns around, you clock him right in the temple with the butt of your, your pistol. It happens to hit right there. The lights go out. Eyes go a little bit wide and close, and he collapses to the floor. There's a little bit more of the six on the floor next to him and heading towards where Agent Rory is, not near your side of the, the booth. Uh, he, but he falls to the floor. He does, he's not moving. Zip tie out, put his hands behind his back. Rory will rush in as soon as he sees him fall down. Got it. So, yeah, so Rooster, you quickly zip tie his, his hands behind his back. He's lay, lay him on his side. Rory comes in, checks him. Vitals show that he's alive. It appears to be unconscious. You think it would help to wash this stuff off of him? I think it might be too late. There. You happy, Rowan? I didn't kill him. I'm quite happy. Thank you. How about we put him in the back of the van? I don't want that puke in the van. It's not our van. I have to ride back there. All our stuff's in there. There is a lot of gear in the back of that van. You guys have several boxes of gear back there. There's tons of room. You said that each of those benches could hold six people sitting next to each other. It's a long van. We could put him in the back, curled on his side. Leave him here. We can report it after we deal with it. 
Uh, we can call Halsey when we're all done. I think I got his number at the hospital when we found out he was okay. I'm sure he's not the only one we're going to be dealing with. Let's go. This this is a biotech company. They've got doctors and first aid kits. So uh, with him secured, he has look. The road itself uh, leads up into the facility. Past the guard booth, there's no longer the concrete dividers on the sides. At the top of the hill is where you see a very small, simple-looking building. It's got glass walls for the most part, a simple triangular roof. Uh, It looks like maybe the size of a single-family house. It's a single story uh, with double doors in the front, some glass facade, nice stonework, a stone inlaid exterior, but that's as far as you can see from here. You see no other facilities here, but there is behind it, uh, the road goes to a parking lot. There's a large parking facility behind it. Ex- exposed parking. Not underground, mind you. Shit. It's all underground. I want to check the body on the ground. Uh, the dead one or the guy you just... Uh... The dead one. Yeah. What do you want to know? Well, I'll ask Rory to come over and say, can, can, can you tell how he died? Kind of like if it looks like he got run over and just dragged and heavy impact and then dragged for, looks like, quite a bit. So, uh, also, River, give me your alertness roll on this body. Okay. Uh, 68, no. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a, exactly what Rory said. Yeah, it's, it's it's a mess. River, give me a Sandy roll as well. Was the gate, like, did it look like it got hit open? Like it, they ran through the gate? Yeah, for, you can see the gate arm, the wooden arm was down. And it's currently broken. It's been snapped off. And there are pieces of it in the, in the, the road near the okay. gatehouse. That's an 80 for Sanity. Okay, uh, so you'd lose one Sandy for looking at this mangled mess of a run-over body in the street. Oh, I might want to put that on one of my bonds. It's a single Sandy point. Your call. So let me know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so if you do, I won't make you roll for it. Uh, basically, you'll just pick one. You'll also spend one willpower and reduce one of your bonds by one, and you'll take no Sandy loss. I've already lost enough Sandy on this mission. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> There's more to come. Exactly. What do the four you want to do at this point? You can drive up there, or you can walk, of course. Your call is how you want to approach the facility. It looks like a vehicle came out. It looks like a vehicle drove through the wooden security gate. Is there any puke on the dead dude? Give me an alertness roll. If we all fail this roll. Wait a second. Wait, wait. This isn't Call of Cthulhu. It's not a crit fail. Did you critically fail it? No, it's a 98, and this isn't Call of Cthulhu, so I did not critical fail it. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a a mangled, disgusting body that was ran over and then dragged. You're not going to roll Sandy for this, mind you. You've seen worse things, but yeah, it's in a bad shape. I want to check the pulse, because I, I would be used to confirming the kill. You push your fingers where you... Yeah, the neck's got to be there. The, the, the head's in a bad shape, but Gosh. yeah, just touching it a little bit. Um, you don't feel any kind of movement or vibration or throb of any sort. As your fingers kind of depress and a little bit of ooze bubbles out around your, your gloved fingers and you feel nothing. I'm going to wipe that ooze off. There is no cover of or anything between here and that house. That structure, there are occasionally small trees in this mostly grassy area. Very little cover and nothing that you would feel comfortable deeming to be cover. It's a hillside rising up to this small structure at the top. It doesn't look like there's a great way to sneak up. And it's pretty dark everywhere except around the gate. The gate's got lights. The facility at the top has lights. And there are some lights behind it where you imagine it's probably a parking lot would have lights. But other than those areas, there's no other lights that you see. How far away is the facility from where we are at the gate? Actually, I'll make you roll for this. There, um, you, you noticed this earlier, so I'll repeat this as well. There is a fire somewhere. There is smoke somewhere. That's... The facility itself that you see isn't on fire. But somewhere behind the hill, there's still a little bit of smoke rising up from somewhere. Behind That's the right. hill? So not from this this facility the, the uh, within the walls. It could be in tell. the compound, but on the other side of this building. Right, because because the hill rises up to that facility and then behind it, hard to tell. Mm-hmm. I think take the van. I think we go on foot. All right. It, it's just a road, right? Is there is it like flat? It's just a road, but uh, remember, all your gear is in the van, so whatever you leave behind is being left behind. I just went shopping. I think we should drive up. No one's get, like if they're getting out, they're getting out. We're not going to be able to stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that's getting out is already gone. 
-hmm. Entirely possible. And and we're more likely to need the van quickly. This is mop up at this point. Maybe. Yes, let's bring the the van up. All right. So same positions. We have river driving. Not river. You hop in. Everyone jumps in the van. Close the door. Start it up. Uh, adjust it. Drive through. Uh, do you drive through the broken side of the security gate or the other side where the gate arm is down? Go go on the gate uh, downside so we don't run over that body. You want to break through it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I did not expect that. I expected that since I wasn't driving, it would be okay. All right. So, uh, River, you drive through. The wooden gate arm is down. And on your side, you push through. It snaps across the front of the van, tumbles to the side. You drive right through, right past the security gate into the road. It's the two-lane road that leads up slowly, winds up towards the top of this uh, small hill where the one building is. As you reach the top, you can see just off to your left and behind the facility, there's a very large parking lot. Uh, Maybe you hold 50 to 80 cars. There are some cars in the lot. Maybe 12, 15 cars are in the lot right now. Uh, Does it look like there's a way, like is there a ramp somewhere that goes down or is it completely above ground? You don't see any at this point, but there's a parking lot, there's a sidewalk that walks up to this building. I'll stop as close to the building as I can. You bring your lights up, uh, the van stops right in front of it. It's got glass doors, glass windows, uh, Benthic Corporation logo and name across the uh, the top of it at the roof line. There's a, there's a little you know, logo insignia for the business and whatnot. Uh, interior lights are on inside this ro- this building. You don't see any activity, but you can see inside it's a lobby of some sort. And that's as best as you can tell from the outside. Where's the smoke coming from at this point? Yes, I was just about mm-hmm. to ask that. <laughs> um, somewhere, if, as you look, uh, it's somewhere behind this building. Uh, but it's hard to see from your angle. You can drive around it if you want to. We need to know what's what's burning. We do. Let's go. All right, in the van, uh, river moves down. You drive along through the parking area. And as you go about a quarter of the way in the parking area, you can see part of the hillside, just a little further back behind the Benthic facility, there's smoke coming out of something. It looks like a smoke coming out of the hill, as far as you can tell. Are the parked cars near the building or somewhere else? They're parked pretty close to within walking range of that, that greeting facility. Okay. I think the entrance is probably in that building, but uh, I want to look around and see if I spot anything that's not natural. Give me your alertness roll. Yeah, I always fail those. Maybe we'll notice something this game. We'll see. Oh, 31. I succeed. Hooray! Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, in the in the darkness with the lighting conditions as it is... Um, you see the building, you see the parking area, see there's that smoke from the fire. You don't seem to notice anything else, even though you're pretty alert. There's nothing else that comes to mind. Okay. I think we need to go in the building. I think we should check the smoke first, make sure it's a vent or something and not something else. Yeah. Then go Then go in. Carefully. Does everyone exit the vehicle to check it? Or just a couple? Yeah. I'm going to uh, grab my shotgun and first aid kit. You've got a shotgun? Awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to pick up the night vision goggles and, and hold them out to Rooster. Keep those. I'll need a spotter. I'm going to... I would have done this in the vehicle earlier, but some of the basic stuff, you know, in pockets and pouches, etc., like the chemical lights, the duct tape, the lighter, the squirt bottle, things like that. But, you know, I'm not bringing things like a machete or the camouflage stuff or any of those. Makes sense. Good. Who's approaching first, just for my purposes? Me. Uh, Rooster's in the lead. You got River off to the side with his shotgun. The other two are following at a safe distance. Everyone watching. He moved through away from the parking lot, the sidewalk, the grassy hillside. It has slopes up a bit and around. As you get closer, the smoke is coming pretty clearly from some sort of a vent, which is a depression in the side of the hill. Um, there's a little bit of shrubbery, which is charred at this point. Can I tell if it's smoke coming from inside or if if the fire was out here it's uh, you feel the heat from the smoke it's rising from under the ground i'm gonna you know report that back time to head in i think i'm gonna pause for for a second standing slightly behind everyone else and take off my glasses and just like look around in the in the darkness trying to use the light as best i can Uh, give me your alertness roll okay uh 44 There we we go. All right. This is a critical success. Rowan is unusually accustomed to the darkness. It just takes her a moment to get used to reaccustom herself to the darkness. Beyond the trees in the distance, maybe if you're looking at this vent, it's more of like um, at a 45 degree angle in front of you. Um, There's a large open space behind some trees. It's unlit, but it looks like a helipad way off, Mm -hmm. kind of tucked away in a corner. 
Uh, there is a, a path. It's a gravel path that leads to it. It travels away from that helipad towards this facility. Other than that, this vent, it's a, there's a lot of light and heat coming from this. Uh, there's ongoing, the fire is still burning beneath, maybe even burning brighter as you stand there. Mm-hmm. Does it, the path from the helipad look like it lead to a different door, or is it? does it seem to loop around to the front door that we observed before? It seems to loop around towards the parking lot, or at least towards a walkway that leads to the parking lot. Okay. I'll call quietly up to Rooster and indicate the helipad, like use my glasses to point. And if Rooster goes night vision, you can make it out. I already gave the night vision to River because I wanted hands free. So using that, you can see. It's, it's an area that looks like the size of two basketball courts side by side. Uh, straight flat area. There's some trees around it kind of concealing it. Well, she pointed up there, so I'll go check it out carefully. If it's that dark, I will put on the night vision. They're, it's like a, a sight. Oh. It, they're not, it's not a Jurassic Park headset goggle thing. Okay. I'll actually move with Rooster because I can see. Do I notice that she's moving comfortably in the light like this? That she just, she, she prefers it like this. She just seems to like the light, or the, the absence of. Who knows? And with the glasses off. I, and you may notice that my glasses are off. That's up to you. Well, you said you gesture with the glasses, so. Yeah. So uh, just following the sidewalk, and then there's a gravel path about the size of maybe like a golf cart uh, that leads down behind some trees and around. There's a helipad there. The helipad is clearly marked with a large H. Uh, room for one helicopter. There's lights all around it that are all turned off. It's There's no helicopter here, but it is a helipad kind of hidden, tucked away back behind the hill behind the facility. Anything moving? Anything dead? The, here at this location, no. It seems open. It's clear. There's no remnants of anything or any, any bodies whatsoever. Is there anything that we would think that might be like a door set into the side of a hill anywhere? Uh, not that you see. Just the path okay. leading to the helipad. I remember you mentioning earlier that there was the strobe lights of a helicopter up in the sky. Can we still see that? Looking around, you you no longer see those strobe lights. It was ahead of you. That Wherever that helicopter was, it's gone. Okay. I'll look over at Rooster and be like, well, I think we found what we were looking for here. Back to the facility. This is mop-up at this point. Time to head down. I hope it's just mop-up. So what's your next location? I think we head for the front door. Everyone back Trex heads around. Uh, as you approach the front door, what's the battle order? So real fast, at some point I would have talked to Rory to see if he has any training with, like, heavy weaponry. Uh, no, just the base 10%. Okay, then I'm going to sling the rocket on my back. Uh, it will be difficult to travel with it, but I mean, you can do it. You carry heavier things, but it's going to make it difficult. Oh, it's not that big. I've actually looked these up. You can sling it over your back. If you load it, you can sling it pretty easily. All right, so you got it. You're, you're the rocket man. Just be a... It's going to impair your tactical, you know, the crouching, the moving, the positioning. Uh, you'd be more support than the, the the tip of the spear. It's not that big, is it? I could have sworn I've seen pictures. It's it's really not. It's really not. It's only like two and a half, three feet long. Yeah, like baseball bat sized. Yeah, I, you can oh. sling that over your back really easily without getting in the way. The armor is going to be much more of a hindrance. Uh, so it's cool. If River wants to care, that's cool. I was, I was imagining somebody else would uh, would care. That's cool. All right. <laughs> we won't make well, that the o- I mean, I would give it to somebody else, but I'm pretty sure I'm the only one with any chance to hit anything. Exactly. That's yeah. true. It's my heavy machinery is ten percent. My heavy weapons is zero. My heavy machinery is thirty. My heavy weapons are sixty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a something that Rooster can use and has probably used before, at least been trained, especially with a sixty. Not a problem. You've got it. I imagine Rooster is the tip of the spear. Yeah, I'm going second. Rowan's bringing up the rear, mostly because I think the, the guys would yell at her otherwise. I was actually thinking of sticking Rory in the back for rear guard. Cover. Well, I can, yeah, that way if, if someone comes up behind us, that... Rowan is still hurt. Rowan. Rowan also has good armor on. That's true. So. <laughs> Rooster, the, the front doors are there. There are, there are two doors. Glass doors, windows, lobby, lobby lights on. How do you want to approach? Can I see anything inside? Give me your alertness roll. 31. Success. Looking through the windows, um, there's a desk, kind of security reception sort of desk at the front. There's a couple. There's chairs. There's small tables, waiting areas, pictures and photos and whatnot. Uh, decorative things, decorative plants, framed newspaper articles, whatever. Memorabilia sort. No people. You see the furnishings. You see the layout. It looks like a reception lobby sort of situation. 
Can I see a stairway or an elevator or anything? Uh, looking through the glass windows, uh, shining out, there is a bank of elevators over to the right of the reception area. Once you enter, go right. There's two elevators over there. So I'm going to go in and immediately sweep to cover the left. You push the glass door open, sweeping left. Uh, River, your move. Okay, I'll go in and go to the right. At Rory. Bruce is going left and River's going right. Right. Rory would probably follow uh, River. Uh, and then Rowan. I'll follow Rooster. Team to the left. There's a couple of it's a corner. There's a corner couch, a small table, a decorative plant, wall decorations. Lights are on. It's well lit. There's no, no people. To your left, it's clear. There is a door in the wall, which basically says no entrance. To the center, there's a security desk, which appears to be no one's there. River and Roy go right. There's a couple, there's another couch, couch, chair, end table, plant, newspaper articles, awards, decorative stuff. Two elevators. Both elevator lights are indicating that they're available. They both show that they're uh, floor one. And then, um, let's see, I'll have Rooster and River give me uh, alertness rolls. Uh, no. Oh, 55, critical fail. Basically, it's it's empty. There's no one here. Bruce, you don't hear anything. I want to go line up against the wall next to that door, mm-hmm. and then and then point Rowan towards the security desk. Rowan, what do you do? Once I'm sure that he has it covered, I'm going to go over to the security desk. I would imagine that there might be a key or a button, something to release doors or elevators or whatever, because we know we're going underground. As you approach the security yeah. desk, you see uh, some feet. Someone's behind the desk. I'm going to immediately stop and like have have my pistol in my hands and we got someone behind the desk. Are they standing up? Laying down. Be careful. Yeah. Once I've alerted them, I'm going to move closer, but move at an angle so that I can see the person behind the desk. As you shift to the side, changing your angle of perception, you see the, the guy's shoes, his pants, the uniform. He's sitting down on the floor. He has his gun open. Uh, the clip is out uh, with his thumb. He's ejecting a bullet. You see him place it inside of his mouth and slowly swallow it. He's got a vacant look on his face and there's sickness covering the bottom half of his face and part of his security uniform. He stares at the the clip. It's mostly empty at this point. He thumbs another bullet out, takes it with two fingers, places it in his mouth. You see him swallow another time. He doesn't even look at you. He's eating bullets. Give me a sanity roll. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to clarify, we went down two different hallways, or we went like around. You're in two different sides of the same large reception room. You're in the lobby. Okay. Good. Success is zero sanity for this. Thank goodness. Yeah, he's he, he's he's look on his face is a vacant, empty, lost stare. He's looking at the clip of his gun. It gulps something down. Eyes drift up slightly. He sees you there, but doesn't seem to register you. We know. I'm trying to remember, what state was Halsey in? Had he been eating metal yet? He had been eating yes. metal, and then they caught him when he was leaving his apartment to go, presumably, to okay. the devil, whatever, devil speak, whatever it was. Okay. Yeah, but he was eating kitchen implements and batteries at that That's point. That's right. I couldn't remember what state he was in. So there's still a chance. Knock him out. I'm gonna, like swallow hard because this is a little this is unnerving even if I don't lose sanity from it and look at the desk to see if there's any like buttons to release doors or elevators or anything yeah, looking over his side of the desk there's a little bit more vomit on his side of the desk covering part of the, part of the area where there'd be a little, little monitor like security camera has got vomit buttons are kind of messy smears across them computer terminal has partially got these fingerprints and smears of sickness across them uh, it's a mess back there but I don't see anything that might open a door. Oh, the, those buttons might work. Who knows? Any of them probably work. Oh. Something works. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Rory, do you have any more of those gloves? Yeah, he, he would have brought in some extras with them. I mean, everyone's in the same lobby here, so, so you guys can yeah. approach. Yeah, I mean, we went shopping, so I would have bought a box of 100 disposable gloves. Sure. Yeah, the guy on the floor, just with his thumb, pushes another bullet out of the clip and takes it with two fingers and places it in his mouth. All right, someone's got to knock him out. Gulps it down. Oh. I'm covering the door. He's got good unarmed combat. Me. Me. <laughs> I actually do have good unarmed combat. Fine. Um, I've got good anything combat at this point. That's fair. Yeah, I'll just, like, sigh and look at this guy. He's sitting 
facing? Is there any way to come at him from behind so that I'm not? So he is sitting facing you, sitting on the floor, his legs straight out beneath him. His legs are pointing at you. His body is looking right at you. Okay, I'm going to try to approach in the most oblique way possible so that I'm not directly in line of vomit if he decides to throw up. Though I may have some time to get away if he does, and try to knock him out. Yeah, not a lot of room around this guy. He's behind the security desk, but uh, you kind of edge in there and uh, give me your unarmed combat roll. Okay. Ooh, ought three. All right, good. So you'll hit him. I mean, Constitution. Oh, I rolled a ninety-five in this guy's con. He's he's out. <laughs> He, he, he crack him on the head, his eyes go wide um, and shut, and he falls over, kind of partially into some more vomit that's there on the floor beside him, and lays there on the floor in, in the mess. And all of you guys hear a little noise of pain from Rowan, not quite a grunt, but close. Ray will go over and help Rowan kind of sit him up, tie, zip tie his hands, make sure he's not going to choke on himself. You, you tie his hands, put on his side, put him in position to make sure that he's Okay, help clean up some of the mess, uh, this, at least on your ro- gloves. Probably remove the gloves, get new ones. And looking at the panel, while it's disgusting and sick, it's labeled. So there is access to unlock either one of the elevators, as well as the staircase, which would be to your right. And that door that says no entry can be unlocked from this location. All right, fellas, do we want stairs or do we want elevator? Do we think that the door where I am is the stairs? Is it a closed door? It's a. It says no entry, and there's uh, on it, and there is a bar, one of those push bars. I say stairs. I'd rather take the elevator, but I'm sure the stairs are safer. I'd rather take the elevator for comfort purposes, but an elevator can be shut down or dropped. Let's take the stairs, and I'll <laughs> reach over with with a clean glove and put and push that button. If you push a yellow button, you press it in there. Uh, the light lights up. There's a clicking sound from that door that says no entry to your right. Push it open. Here we go. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Thomas Ogus, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detwiller, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. The Chapter 1 story is based on the scenario Extremophilia, written by Shane Ivey. If you like our story, there's two things you can do to support us. First, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to each new episode of the story, Rowan's written reports for each chapter, as well as access to bonus episodes that explore the background of our characters and the story. And if you can't support us directly, please support us by telling people about us. Uh, Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Share us on social media. We're on all the usual social media sites as The Redacted Reports. Thanks for listening.